Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Howell. This is Jamie. Hello. And this is Matthew Wanders, live from London. Hello. I'd just like to point out the dynamism that this podcast has started with this week. The energy is back. Yes, the uh, turbine in the hull of this tanker is once again here. And boy, was it missed last time. I mean, oh, I mean, it was a good effort. Good Ooh. effort. Single hand clap there. But I certainly think the pace was lacking. If we could just spend half an hour on my notes from your podcast, that would be great. Um, the, the pace was certainly well, hey, why don't we? Uh, um, I'd like to take issue with some a pre-recording from Jack on the podcast. That takes uh, <laughs> eight to twelve minutes. Some some <laughs> quotes of Matthew Wanless. I mean, you may think that I might have taken issue to the statement. Howell looks like if you have shrunken down a bison into Peter Dinklage. <laughs> um, but to be honest, I, just, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't disagree with almost every description of me. And they did say he's not fat, but which is quite—I I took that. So I've got to thank you for that. I thought it could have been worse, but some of those descriptions really were smashing. I mean, coming from the two people who essentially Matthew Wandless is a little bit like uh, the poor man's Matt Berry. If you were to ever look at Matt Berry, he's also got this strange shape, almost like a chest. That's pretty much spot on. That's what my agent used to call me. Really? Um, (laughs) It's like a chest of drawers with a beard has walked in. And then on the other end of the scale, you've got Jamie, who, I mean, to call somebody else a boiled down Peter Dinklage when he looks like um, a... Paul McKenna has been in a microwave and shrunk like a bag of crisps. That's I'll have you know, I've, I've actually been compared in the past by my brother's ex-girlfriend to Ryan Gosling. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. You know what? I was I was looking at... Yeah. Uh, I, I, when I was listening to the, um, to the podcast last time, I, I did think to myself, you know what? I have absolutely no idea what Jamie Atherton looks like. Oh, <laughs> and so I tried, to, um, I tried to find you on social media, and you are not there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Off-grid, baby. Off-grid. Yeah. He's a lot like uh, Ryan Gosling. Gosling, um, I wonder why your boy, why your brother split up with her. Well, maybe it was opinions like that that he just thought well, oh, right. she's so off base that I can't even, I can't be around this person. Uh, incredible. I mean, a mixture between Ryan Gosling and Edward Norton, if you will, Matthew. Just imagine <laughs> those two had a child. Wow. Mm. And maybe a bit of Paul McKenna. I'll give you that. Oh my god. Oh, I'm trying to think where I can get a picture up quickly and send it to Matt. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, while I look for a picture of Jamie, um, why don't we talk... Why don't we begin... Oh, uh, one more thing. Your guest was superb. Idle was brilliant. If you've not listened to the previous podcast, uh, really, really interesting to hear a podcast where uh, someone who knows what they're talking about is is talking. It was. I it, mean, she was, was all right. You know, let's not go she was great. crazy. She was great. I mean, remove um, that from the podcast. It would be like, I don't know, it'd be like removing um, uh, Nicholas Lindhurst and uh, David Jason from Only Fools and Horses. That's essentially the role she played on the, on the last podcast. Uh, she was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant and interesting. And my favourite moment which went unargued by Matthew Wanless and Jamie Atherton because they were intimidated by her feminist stronghold was when she actually drew a line between Yvonne Strahovski's character in Chuck and her character in um, Thingy. Uh, what was The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. You mentioned this on the text messages and I, I couldn't really remember what it was I did wonder said. whether you hadn't heard her say it. She... She literally said that they. She didn't literally say it. She basically said that the two characters were the same empowering figure in different scenarios. That she plays this um, underlying, unobtainable strength beneath a 
uh, beautiful surface and it's unobtainable and it's difficult and uh, the situation that she finds herself in both, although different genres, are correct. So she didn't... Uh, she 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 likes those bikinis. She thinks that's the empowerment of that character. I'm glad that's been put to bed. And I'm even more... The only thing I was ashamed of, I was disappointed with, was that she kind of apologised for being a fan of Chuck at first. Because she wanted to be cool. Uh, I would say to her, stick to your guns. Yes, you're right. Clearly, uh, Chuck is the greatest like, uh, TV series. It must be like working for Donald Trump. Like... <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 just hears yeah. exactly what he wants to hear. It doesn't, yeah. uh, it doesn't matter what's actually said. I don't think you two even heard her when she was talking about that bit. But I urge you to I, go I back. It, you know, I, I must know. admit, I didn't listen to her an awful lot. I was, I was playing, I was doing a Sudoku. Well, in, in all credit to both of you, it really is an excellent podcast, and you should listen to it. I listened to it while I was doing the ironing, and um, it was brilliant. I didn't want it to end, uh, apart from when you two guys were talking. So, well done. Brilliant stuff. This week, we're going to talk about the return of Black Mirror. We're going to discuss a little bit of easy... Uh, Confession Tapes is back with the second series on Netflix. And Killing Eve, I am uh, walking through, uh, so we're going to be careful on spoilers on all of these, because I know that they're quite fresh. Um, why don't we go to... Let, let's start at the dull end of stuff with Matthew Wanless. Easy is the name Hello. of the series. Uh, you reckon, you texted us and said if you can watch Easy before the podcast, it'd be great. And I went to it, and I know that there's new stuff, but um, I presume that it's okay with you that I went back and watched the first episode of season one. Yeah, I think it's the weakest episode of the whole show. Oh. Um, but, uh, that, which is not to say that it's bad, but I, I think the better stuff lies uh, ahead. Okay, and am I to understand that every episode is a different cast? It's, it's a different story every time. Not not entirely. Um, hmm. it, like various, I think certainly in the first series, at least one character from the previous episode shows up at some point in the next one, mm-hmm. even if it's just for a, a brief moment. Like in fact, in that very first episode, the um, the woman, the girl who's babysitting for them, is in is the main focus of episode two. I think. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you get further into it, characters start to cross over and things like that. But anyway, I don't want to get too bogged down in the... In the um, yeah, give us a brief synopsis of, of what the show's about. And, uh, you know. Well, I mean, that's, that's a tricky one because um, it doesn't have a kind of focal point in the same way that a lot of stuff does. Um, in that, the, So I, as you might have gathered from what we were saying before, there is no kind of follow-through narrative to the show it's not one person's story and the stories that even though the characters cross over the stories are not related um if anything i would say the show is about kind of the city of chicago and the people of chicago oh. um and i did watch I mean, the right I, I, that's series kind of a, I, sorry say that again i did watch the right series didn't i this a couple in the first episode with their sex that's life. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, when i say it's about the people of chicago it's just like taking random stories from uh, the only thing that links them all is the fact that they happen in the same city okay um and so uh e- like each character set that you've seen will return like the uh the, the couple that you met in episode one i think they have another two episodes devoted to them in in series one okay. and then a couple more in, in series two and then a couple more in series three but it is not a story with a beginning middle and end it's like it's just little sort of episodes from people's lives mm-hmm. and um, it's shot in a kind of, it was shot beautifully. I think it, sometimes it looks really nice, but it's shot very basically uh, and without a lot of kind of, um, you know, there's no trappings to it, how it's shot and uh, it's acted and written in a kind of, it's, it's heavily improvised mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. and that really shows because it. Well, I didn't it, quite it, notice it, that, you know. You know. I, I, I've got to say, it didn't stand uh, out in the. In, <clears throat> like in, I say, in the first episode, I don't think it's quite hit its stride. As soon as you watch another episode or two, you're going to see it. Right. I was about to say because I, I, I definitely noticed it was. It really felt improvised, and that is a criticism as well. Mm. I'd, I'd say from me. Um, do, do you think I, I really enjoy that style? Um, well, I do, but it, I, I felt like I was. You know, when you, it just felt like it was either bad improvising or it was too improvised, the style, because it took me out of what I was watching 
and I felt like I was just watching an actor, a couple of actors improvise, talking around a subject at times. It just mm. it it overpowered the story at times, especially the second episode, which is um, the the girl who hooks up with the other girl after a gig and tries to become a vegan. Vegan Cinderella. Yeah, is that, yeah, that was the episode. Actually, I, I'm so I, I'm interested you say that because that was the episode that made me think. Oh man, I really like this. Oh really? Oh. Did you you didn't like that episode? No, I didn't. I, I kind of liked the one, the first one. I didn't mind as much. It was sort of the couple's dynamic was quite interesting. But I was just, I just don't like the. I don't like like that director Joe Swanberg, who's a creator. Mm. Um, I've seen a couple of the of his films. And I'm not a massive fan of his style of filmmaking. Um, that okay. I just feel it's overly improv. I just feel I, it's too much improvised, and it's too much. Look at us improvising. Look at, I, look at all these. I, it didn't stand out to me as the in the because um, in the post office thing, you, I, I found some. I think there's a couple of styles of improvisation that I'm sick of now. One is the office style improvisation, and uh, which is like the. Yeah, whether you add things to the end of the sentence to point out that you are being ironic, where you like it, well, that would be uh, I don't know, say something arrogant and then go so, so, and it's just an awkward silence. It really annoys Which me. office are you referring to? The Office, starring Ricky Gervais. I'm saying that that, that wasn't improvised. No, but there's th- that style has co- what was it not improvised at all? No. Oh well, that style of comedy seems to have spread, and there's a bit of it. And then the uh, the the style of I mean, uh, sorry to say, it's not improvised. They definitely did different takes of things and uh, and and chucked in a, a a couple of extra words. Certainly, Ricky right. Gervais did. Okay, but I, on the documentary, they say one of the strengths of the script is that it sounds improvised. Okay. And then at the other end of the scale, there's the the Will Ferrell um, style, which, which when Anchorman came out was so refreshing. But now uh, you just know that they've done twenty takes trying to say something more and more bizarre, you know. You know, like when they insult, like when uh, in the original Anchorman, when Brick's going, "I love lamp" and stuff. That that was surprising, and it was therefore funny originally, and now it's kind of gone off the rails a bit. And Seth Rogen does it quite a lot. Um, but with this one, there wasn't an obvious style to the improvisation that didn't like it. Didn't irk me. I didn't feel like I'd seen it before. But there was certainly something about the whole thing that I was a little bit lukewarm about, and that that might be the reason why. Interesting. I mean, um, I, how how much did you watch, Jamie? Just those first two? Just the first two, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I only did one. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I, I would, if if you can bear it, I would love for you to watch a couple more because well, I, I've I've watched the whole thing now, hmm. and I first of all, I really like the stuff that is going on in it. Like I, 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 I think, um, in terms of, I don't know. I don't know how to say this without sounding like a wanker, mm. but like, um, it, it deals with a lot of, um, uh, sort of subcultural stuff. Yeah. Um, like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the second episode that Jamie's watched vegan Cinderella is almost entirely women in it. Um, and then, uh, there's a lot of kind of alternative i don't know i i'm i'm not uh, i'm not very okay with terminology but there's a lot of kind of alternative sexuality explored in it from um you, you know uh kind of open relationships and um there's a bit of uh snm in some of it as well mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just sort of very progressive um subject matter okay and everyone's really fucking cool in it and really kind of level-headed and um i i I like the uh i like the conversational styles in it it just it it comes across as reasonable people and doing sort of interesting stuff it's just uh it like like i say it's a very hard one to pin down but like what's what's the mark maron episode that's in um uh like i think it's four or five in series one oh cool okay um Marin's in it, and uh yeah, have there. you ever seen happiness yes the yeah. Todd Salon's film. You, oh, uh yeah. you know joy in that film the uh oh. the one who's in the scene at the be- beginning with um uh john See. what the hell's his name riley no 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 the guy uh, who uh says you think i'm shit 
I'm champagne. <laughs> um, oh, I'm John Lovitz. It. John Lovitz, John thank Lovitz. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't think of the actress's name, but she, she's in that episode as well, and she's so good and so funny, and, and Mark Maron's excellent. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, I tell um, a lie, I, I did accidentally watch episode, because when I started Netflix, it started episode one of season three for some reason. I think it's a new series. Uh, has, okay. has Netflix taken it over? Is that what's happened? Did it no, start it was off a Netflix original, I believe. I'm not sure. Right, well, anyway, the, start, so I started watching, so season one, season three, episode one, is the same couple from season one, episode one. Ah. Uh-huh. It's their story again. But that's and, when they're into the open relationship thing, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and actually, I thought that episode was really good as well. Maybe that's why I like the first, because that was the first one I watched, and then I went back and watched the other two. Right, so I, okay. I do recognise that there are some, there is some goodness in there. It might be just that, and I'm, you know, like when you get anthology series like these, like it's, a, it's a, you know, like with Inside Number 9, or even Black Mirror, which mm. we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They can be quite hit and miss, can't they? Yeah, so well, it it's just, just harder be... to attach your colours to it, you, to that mast, isn't it? Because there's not, it, yeah, there's just not the same through lines. And they all... definitely are, but I think um, with, with those other two that you mentioned, they never return to the characters. No. Yeah. And so, uh, when I said there's no overarching narrative, that's not strictly true. Like the um, the the one that starts in episode three with um, oh, why can't I think of anyone's name? Who's the guy who's in 127 Hours? James, James, James Franco. Franco. James Franco. His brother is uh, is in it. Tony Franco, I think. Dave. It is, or Dave Franco. Dave Franco. <laughs> I just make it up. Tony Franco. It's Tony Franco. <laughs> okay, uh, well, name. okay. Point made. I, maybe we'll stick with it. But it is like a book. It's that feeling of having a book of short stories where you think, I'm, I'm probably going gonna... to... Thank you very much. Well, it's been very long <laughs> so far, Matthew. That, that, I mean, that one, it's like... By the uh, way, it's about that sort of... 16, Hold on a second. 16 minutes, Matthew, is your point so far. Carry on. This is a good show and people should watch it. Um, but that, that story has a proper arc to it where it's about these two brothers who start a brewing company together and then the ups and downs that, that happen within that. It's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's a really good show. It's one of the, it's, it's a good thing. And which one's that? Uh, That's the, the new series. Advocate. That's Sorry? in the new series, that one, is it? No, it starts in series one and finishes in series three. No, I'm saying the, the story about those guys, the one that you just said is really good. Yes, I am referring to that as well. Oh, right. I'm, okay. no, I'm, I'm saying the whole thing is good. That actually isn't my favourite story, but that one is one that has a complete narrative to it. Right, and it's spread right. over the three series at various points. Yeah, so it's like four or five episodes. Okay. Okay, okay. well, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with it till Mark Maron's episode and see if I, um, I, get, I, get, I get into it. Hey, did time. either of you guys watch Happy, the first series of Happy? Yes, I did. And the second yeah, one's good. on the way. Do you know what that is? Yeah, we should talk about that. Maybe if you can check it out, Matt, it's a very different thing. Um, okay. The, yeah, Patton Oswald plays an imaginary friend in it, and that's all you need to know. Oh, I like him. Yeah. Um, yeah, just check it out. It's uh, it's weird and great. Also, while we're just on the, on the subject of what we should uh, what we should be watching for future pods, can we all watch Barry at some point? Because I've just watched an episode of Barry that is one of the best, best bits of TV I've seen this year. What's it was amazing. On? It's on uh, Sky Atlantic, so it might be on Now TV. Okay, who's in it? But it's got uh, it's got um, oh my god, can I forget his name now? Um, it's got uh, Bill Hader in it. Oh yeah, um, and he's a, he's an assassin who tries to become an actor. And it, honestly, like it gets better and better. It's really, really good. It's a dark comedy. So cool. They're only like twenty minutes long each episode, thirty minutes long. Here's a pointless a um, football-like show stat uh, for you. Barry gets eight point three out of ten on IMDb, and ninety-three percent of Google Google users like it. Happy that I was just talking about gets exactly the same scores. Isn't that? I tell you what. Uh, you, you know what it makes me uh hate all this kind of numerical stuff that we get <laughs> easy uh is roundly booed is it well oh. i can see why yeah it averages about a seven i'd say the episode some of the episodes 6.8 on imdb 80 percent google users it's not bad that it's not bad 
It's not bad. 90% yeah, on I, I Rotten I think that Tomatoes. has no reflection on the quality of the program. I think it's a really good show. No, particularly with comedies. Rotten Tomatoes, anything related to comedy, never look at Rotten Tomatoes scores. They always get 4% or something. Anyway, good. So, uh, well, let's switch By to the... By the way, before we move on to another section, yes. Howell has sent me a picture of Jamie. Of us in a helicopter. Yeah. yeah. And I um, am shocked. Say it, say it. <laughs> This is just nowhere near where I thought you would land. This yeah. is absolutely not what I thought I was going to be What did you at. think he would look like? Ryan not Gosling. this. Hmm? To compare the image you had in Honestly, your head Honestly, I thought Jamie would be about three times the size of the person I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, it's my, it's my deep, girthy voice that it gives is. me extra weight. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah based yeah. on their voices, if, you were, if you'd never seen Matt and Jamie, you would probably pair them with each other's body, which is odd. That is interesting. Yeah, that's that. That actually probably is about accurate. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan I Gosling. Think I sound as big as I am. You think yeah. he looks like Ryan Gosling? There, Matt. Wouldn't Please. have been my first uh, <laughs> go-to, but um, now that I'm, now that I'm looking at it, maybe without the headphones. Squint. I've never seen Ryan Gosling with headphones on. That's well. That's it. Howell gave you a duff picture. That's uh, a, that's us in a helicopter. That's that's us flying a helicopter there. Ah, the glory days. Ever seen Brian Gosling fly a helicopter no. either? So it's very hard to uh, to put this in the correct there context. There you go. All right. Um, while we're dealing with collections of short stories, let's whip on to the new series of um, Black Mirror. I've uh, not seen many Black Mirrors, and uh, let's not get lost in the back catalogue. Let's talk about these new ones. One of them stars um, our good friend Moriarty. Matt, can you do an impression? Oh, Moriarty. <laughs> and he's got and he's got that voice as well, which is good. His genuine Irish voice, I forget his name. One stars Miley Cyrus and one Andrew Scott is the actor you're looking for. Uh, Andrew Scott. And one stars the guy who was in something and is very good and I don't know the name of. Uh, but it's an all-star locker, he's in the Avengers. That's right, the Avengers. The name. It, it's an all-star series. It's now you know, Charlie Anthony Brooker. Mackey. Anthony Mackey, there you go. Charlie Brooker is the darling of Hollywood at the moment, and everybody wants to be in Black Mirror. Uh, and this is this is showing that. Um yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed all three of these episodes. Uh, so I'm I'm interested to hear um if you two didn't, really. Well, I think the what was nice was coming off the back of Bandersnatch, which did you guys watch Bandersnatch? Uh, no, don't think that. No, well that that's really dark mm. and almost like to the point where it was too much and and even the multiple choice that you know the Oh yeah, I tried to watch it and couldn't, yeah. Didn't yeah. have the right TV, yeah. And just referring a little bit back to the last series as well, there was a lot of dark episodes in the last series that I didn't really enjoy, but there were some great ones as well, like the great the, the Star Trek episode is, is brilliant. And this felt more along those lines. It was like, it, it was, the tone was, it was a cautionary tale, but it wasn't completely dark, the ending, was it? Now, not yeah. all three of them aren't completely dark endings, and I like that. I like that this was looking at society but also not completely going and we're going to shit you know it was yeah. sort of there's there's an element of like it just kept it it kept you upbeat and all all the stories seemed to end on a, a little bit of a high which was really good actually yeah and if you've seen the episode of black mirror san what's it called won all the awards oh san juniper san juniper san juniper or juniper whatever it is um there's a sort of through line with that one. There's a, there's a similar little gadget used in both, and it's it's nice that he returns to stuff like that without without fear of going. Oh well, we've done that before. You can hear that being argued. Is that the virtual reality thing? Yeah, and and uh, the, the, but it's used in a very different way. Although the device is really similar, and it's it's nice that that's not been committed out of being used again. You know, which which might happen at other networks and stuff. So it's a completely different use of it. Essentially, it's just the same prop, which is nice. But, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. I thought Miley Cyrus's episode was very good. I would say she was a very good actress. I would also say she was a little bit too mean when in the latter half of it, maybe. Can I, can I just mention, I've only seen the Anthony Mackie one. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Andrew, what's his face? Moriarty. I mean, oh, I'm he was Adam just Scott. Is brilliant. It? Oh, it's Andrew Scott. That, Andrew Scott. I mean, Andrew Scott, yeah. there is a speech in that, without ruining anything for Matt, there is a speech in that 
that is one of the best delivers mo- yeah. delivered monologues on screen that I've seen. I think he is. TV. He is very good. Like I, I've seen, seen him in what well, Moriarty was obviously the big role, and I, I liked him in that. But since mm. then, seeing him in in Pride and in uh, Fleabag, and then this. He's and just this brilliant. Is, he's very good, isn't he? He is really, really good actor. Yeah, just and, complete. Uh, I thought he was excellent in Fleabag, and I really enjoyed his scenes with her. I thought they were amazing. Yeah, what a great, yeah. what a great character. You know, I loved. Sorry, sorry to go back to Fleabag, but the bit where he was scared of foxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's funny. <laughs> was just so funny. Yeah. yeah, so good. That's where her writing is just so brilliant and inventive you know it's just lovely lovely stuff yeah it is um, excellent can, can i uh, the the, uh, the the so the episode is called fighting vipers yeah that i watched the first one yeah i didn't I, i'm not sure what i thought about it i because i i really like the concept um like what is this you know, this the, the very first episode of black mirror no, no, no! The virtual reality one from this series. Oh, okay. The sorry. Street Street Fighter episode where they end yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I really like that idea. Mm-hmm. I loved but... it. I like when it when it happens. I was pissing myself. It was brilliant. I thought it was really well done. I thought that mm-hmm. whole, I thought that whole part, like the 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 stuff in the real world, was pretty well done. Mm. And yeah. uh, but then all all of that, all of the stuff in the game, I thought felt really trashy and crap. But don't you think yes. that that was not was that not the style of the what do you mean? Do oh, well, you mean I the, I would I would agree with Matt in that um it's it, it's not trashy and crap enough to have been a purposeful decision to be trashy and crap. Um, the the way that they performed the in-game stuff felt not stylized enough. Almost it was it kind of didn't do its job. So it, no, it was they it either felt need like to it was either totally phoned in or it was yeah. um yeah. just. Uh, kind of didn't didn't work. I just kept thinking they cast this very quickly. They cast two good-looking people who could also fight a bit. Uh, it felt yeah, like you yeah. could, you could have got better. Oh, better I get. Yeah, no, the performances of the yeah the the, yeah. the virtual reality characters were a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I know they were a little bit. But I think that the yeah cheesy. The, you know, the it just let for, the thing down a bit. Yeah, it, it yeah. took me out of it completely. I was just like, this yeah. is rubbish. Why? What? What's happened here? But the metaphor was brilliant. The you know, there's a big problem around people living online, and especially around pornography and expectations for young people and all of that stuff. Um, but also the fact that you know, I, I get the screen updates and says you have spent an average of four hours a day on your phone. I'm like, I didn't think I use it that much. Um, there, there is a real issue with. Um, I heard David Baddiel say something on Radio Four, which was like the, the the challenge millennials have got is that they think something doesn't math uh, doesn't have any meaning unless it's online. So if they've got to, if something amazing happens, that has to be put online quickly for it to have meaning. Um, but hang on, what 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 was the thing that you took from this? Uh, th- well, the story is about what happens if you get sucked into a, a virtual relationship with somebody and that that then kills real relationships if you have too much of it. So it ends up being a treat. It ends up being you can do something one day a Did year. you think that was what it was? I didn't get... I, I mean, I, I can see that that's in there, but I didn't think that was the central thrust of it in the end. Well, that's that's exactly what the central thrust was. What's wrong with you, man? No, it ends I, with I, them... I, I don't think I don't think that was. It was that they were... It, it was a. It was about a new way of being with someone and not uh, and, I, and i didn't see it as an i mean it, obviously there was an addictive quality to it uh, in the yeah. sense that uh this was better than anything else that was happening mm. but it was more who it was happening with and how yeah. it was happening that um was interesting yeah Rather i agree it, with matt yeah. oh, it didn't yeah, seem same. just like a straight up Both kind of, of uh you know i can't pull away from this because it's addictive thing it wasn't like um, what that's what the just, whole plot was it was the snowball of that and the final scene is them saying you can do this one day a year. It's like a, a gambling addict getting addicted to gambling and not being able to yeah. operate in reality no, I anymore. Think, I think you're right in a way, Howell, that it was. But I think what the central thing I took from it was that these people who were best friends in this other world, there was a chance that they, they there was an attraction that they, they could they were attracted to each other in these other world in this other kind of avatar world they could live in. The, yeah. is how relationships can differ in different environments and in different kind of 
yes. identities. Yeah, but I yeah, think that that's that the, whole that's kind the of catalyst. That's they, not. That's, no, wait a, go on. Uh, when, when they when they met up in the real world yeah. and tried it, it, it it was like we have to give this a go, and because it, 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 there was a definitely a thing about um, the sexual borders they were crossing as well, because it was obviously two guys whose relationship was very much not based in that world. Yeah, um, and then finding a place for it to be like that, and then there being something special about that it wasn't that it was dangerous and addictive although obviously it did have a detrimental effect on his relationship with his wife but in the end they worked past that and then they kind of figured out a way to integrate both rather than it being uh wholly a negative thing well yes which is the which is the nature of controlling any kind of addiction that you go, well, that's allowed in very small doses, otherwise it takes over your life. not really the case, actually. I mean, uh, like with um, gamblers and alcoholics, they, they, they don't ever recover from addiction. They, yes, that's true. You know, they go yeah, to yeah, total. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they cut it out of their lives entirely. Yes, that's they're true. Ad- because but, they're addicts. Yeah, but this is a message to us. This is a message to how do, how do we manage the um, lux- luxury and the enticement of what is a simplistic online world so uh, and and once that becomes real you realize that that's not what you thought it was it's not a replacement for real life and it's that's the surely the entire point otherwise they would have if it was about okay well jamie and i could technically have sex with each other online because oh why is it us two because we we (laughs) know each other very well Um, choose matthew well yeah i wouldn't um, even if you look like that, but you know, if, and it's like, yes, there are appealing things about that and therefore we would have similar interests and all of that. But if in reality that had to play out, it wouldn't be worth it. That's, I mean, you, you're just insane if you don't think that that's the whole point. You I, idiots. I think you've looked at it on a very surface level. I don't think surface? you've gone all the way down. Yeah. Yours is the surface. Yours is the, just the, oh, they fancy each other. If you were right. The conclusion would have no, been that actually he should be married with him. It's the it's the fact that you know for them in uh, that gayness is not allowed, and now they've realised that that's the true love, and therefore they would have ended up living with each other, not being able to see each other one night a year. I think the fact that they met up to, to uh, and they felt like they had to know mm-hmm. meant that me- meant something different to that. It was like they 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 wanted to understand whether this was. Uh, Yep. a real thing or a false thing rather than yeah. um r- rather than something that they just couldn't do it just it, yeah it's not that you're you're you what you're saying is wrong how it, it wasn't part of it i'm just I, I think matt's right the main theme was i think was identity and how we build identities and then you're taken out of that environment and suddenly barriers that you never even dream of crossing with a person in in, in a relationship Go, go away and there's something different you know can be possible mm. i think that was the major part of the mm. episode it, it wasn't that no, what you seen wasn't there as well although i think a lot more of what you were you're talking about was actually in episode two without giving anything away to max you've not watched it yet but there's a lot yeah. of that in episode two um with the andrew scott so yeah um yeah you, you i mean it's hard for me to say that you're completely wrong because obviously <laughs> All of those are included, and it would be impolite to say so, but I'm almost uh, certain that if we Googled it, we, the, the first write-up or interview would be about um, porn addiction. 100%. Uh, that's fine. Well, yeah, it's, it might, might anyway, be good, you took from well, it. Listeners, but what do you think? No, no, I just... Yeah, 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 yeah email us. What do you think? Studio at the box at pod.com. Um, are Matt and Jamie just... Were they just so keen to live out the fantasy of getting together online and leave their wives that they um, turned it into that, thinking about how much they would have a better relationship if they one was a woman. Uh, let us know if you agree with that statement. Studio at theboxsetpod.com. Uh, what else are we just going to... Oh, Killing Eve. So, she's no longer... Phoebe Waller-Blollis is no longer... Yes, Uh, she's no longer adapting the books. Uh, Somebody else is doing it. She's now an executive producer. Has the quality dropped in season two? Let's go to Jamie. Well, I don't really like want to compare that. I I like. I I wish I hadn't. I wish I didn't know that she hadn't been working on season two. 
Well, pretend like you I didn't. Did find, Do you think it's better? I did find no, but I found out during the series that it was ha- that, that she wasn't working on it anymore. Mm-hmm. And until she wasn't, I hadn't noticed that the writing had dipped in quality. But I think the problem now with series two is that series one came out of nowhere. It surprised everybody. It was just it just it it was brilliant, refreshing, different, uh, and and it just shocked us with this kind of oh, where, where the hell's this show come from? feel and this series had a lot more expectation on it we wanted to know what was going to happen we wanted to get back into that world and i feel like that was always going to slightly disappoint i feel like it, the problem with series two is that it it kind of steps it takes a lot of the same plot journeys or tries to go down the same road that the first series goes down mm-hmm. um which is always going to be a problem so it's still good like i've watched it all now and i, I recommend watching it but i just it didn't leave me as compelled i wasn't like watching it and going i need to watch the next episode like with episode with season series one on i had to watch every single episode as quickly as i could and this one felt more like okay let's go back and yeah. then and then i enjoyed it while i was there but not to the same kind of extent yeah I just, you the uh, same yeah I, i'm the same i don't think it fizzles in the way that phoebe obviously made it fizzle uh, you know, I don't know if it's her. I don't know if that's her missing oh, that's the problem. Oh, I don't I know do. if that's. I do. I think. Do you think it's? Yeah. For example, what's the name? Uh, what's the name of the woman in I've it? I've only seen episode one, just so we know. Okay, there's a couple of cameos in there, and it feels like they just don't hit the mark, and it's hard to not hit the mark when you've got a big name, unless the writing isn't quite as good. And she should have this cameo I'm talking about. She really should have. Uh, been much more impressive than she actually was it, it just didn't it just doesn't like like you say i mean w- what else can it be that doesn't make you want to jump onto the next episode because uh, jodie comb is still a brilliant actress and um sandra oh is still annoying in my opinion matt what did you think uh like i say, i've only watched the first episode but i thought it was good i, I wasn't that dazzled by the first series mm-hmm. i kind of I came to it quite late and, uh, you know, I I thought it was good. I thought it got better as, I don't know. I I liked, I liked parts of it, but I didn't think it was, uh, particularly special. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, I didn't know that, uh, that Phoebe Waller bridge wasn't writing uh, series two. And I, I, I was kind of hoping that there would be a flea bag like, um, step up in quality because yeah. I really enjoyed series one of Fleabag, but I thought series two was incredible. Yeah. Um, and now I'm sort of wondering whether I should bother with series two of Killing Eve. Hey, um, there's still some lovely moments because, like I said, I think Jodie Comer's so good, and it, the source material is still so strong that the actual plot turns and stuff are still very good. It's just really just doesn't have that 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 Phoebe fizzle which we get out of like you say you know the step up of season two but also the first series of fleabag first series of killing eve it felt so refreshing and different and continues to feel so when she's writing uh when she's not writing oh. i don't i no longer feel that we're going up a league you know <laughs> but yeah yeah but did you know that be- did you know that before you started watching it Harold? uh no, no, I don't think so. I can't. I saw it on the credits, and I don't know whether it was the beginning of the credits or the end credits. But I instantly went, "Oh, this is. I'm pushing harder than I need to here yeah. to try and enjoy it." Yeah, um, yeah I just worried that it, it, when I when we find out immediately, oh, she's not writing, but oh, okay, it's going to be shitter. Like that's your 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 prejudice is already set mm. in place because you know that. Yeah, that, yeah, but no. No, I, I, I'm all for it. If you know, I was never somebody who said that the last two series of The West Wing were awful or everything post Aaron was awful. I loved the last two series of West Wing. It's great. If something's good, it's good. Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm, speaking yeah. to Metro newspaper, Charlie Brooker uh, talking about that episode and explaining it says, "I think there's definitely a porn analogy going on." Uh, the big spanner in the works is they're not quite sure who they are in a way and what they mean to each other and how to express it. That's where you can communicate. We were sort of thinking of uh, similar tech to San Junipero, um, but thinking of things like porn and an analogy for that hopefully isn't too grubby. So porn, porn and porn is mentioned by Charlie Brooker. Read the second sentence again. 
I've just closed it. Sorry. We're, uh, okay. Yeah, that's good. good. Yeah, you'll have to Great. Google it. Well um, done. Well, well done, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> just Google it. Um, I think that's it for tonight. Did we, have we missed anything? Uh, can, you know, a quick word for on Chernobyl. Have, have oh, you guys watched it? Yes, watched it all. Um, obviously, this was the dinner party. This was the coffee table chatter in every household up and down the country. Have you seen Chernobyl? It's excellent. Um, does everybody agree with that, Matthew? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been slightly tainted by having so many that like so many people like, the, the, watch Chernobyl. No, 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 oh, no. Oh. The conversation goes: Have you seen Chernobyl? Did you like it? Ah, oh, well, here's everything that's wrong with it. Oh, I've heard that. <laughs> What's wrong with it? Because there are well, there just just Google uh, the the TV show. You'll find a million takedown articles talking about how, the things in it that are factually inaccurate and sometimes dangerously so. Well, that'd be the Russians. Uh, that'd be the Russians interfering with the internet, though, won't it? No, it's a lot of Americans. Um, okay. And there, there are people who are particularly talking about its misrepresentation of people who have been exposed to high levels of radiation being somehow contagious, right. which is uh, apparently completely untrue. Um, right. And also uh, so some of the effects of the radiation that you see in, in the show, like there's a moment in the first episode where a guy's leg just you see this horrible shot of his leg and his clothes suddenly just soak with blood. From yeah. underneath it. it's a really shocking moment and I, uh, both Hannah and I went oh man and that would never happen and there's just lots of things in it which have been you, you know I mean you expect this it's a drama but because it's um dealing with something that did happen and it is purporting to tell the hidden story behind this thing um it does kind of you know, take its knees out a little bit to have those articles come up so quickly and just be like, this didn't happen. That didn't happen. This is untrue. Um, like, you know, the moment, uh, sorry, uh, in case anyone hasn't seen it at all and doesn't want it to be spoiled, I'm about to say something that spoils things. Uh, there's a moment in, I think it's episode two or three where a helicopter is trying to dump yeah. a, a sand on top of the, the explosion mm -hmm. and it, uh, is caught in the cloud and then drops down and crashes. Mm -hmm didn't happen right. wouldn't happen um and it's just a little bit disappointing to hear that after enjoying a show you go into work and say oh is anyone watching chernobyl and someone says look at this article it's all fucking <laughs> bullshit but um yeah. the thing that struck me about it because obviously we all lived through this mm -hmm. um is how close it came to being so much worse and uh like the stuff they were talking about where the um if the water tanks had exploded hmm. and the effect that would have had on most of the Eastern Bloc and uh, pretty much the entirety of Russia, uh, yeah. uh, you know, that nearly happened. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they, they had to um, either cull or, uh, you know, fence off a load of sheep in the Lake District because the, the, they got um, radiation when Chernobyl happened. Came, came a long way, small doses of it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I know he got as far as Wales, didn't it? There was, I remember those stories about uh, in Wales about it. Yeah, you might. That be... wasn't to do with something in the UK. No, no, that was Chernobyl. I mean, it was it was a lot of radiation in the air and uh, high. It up. wasn't Sellafield. Nope. Okay, all right. Interesting. I didn't know that. Oh well, according to my dad, that's true, and he's pretty accurate on most of these things. Uh, I mean, I didn't know a lot about this. It was uh, it was really eye opening, well, and I thought that yeah. Well, that that's the interesting thing Jared about Harris... it. Sorry, what did you say? Oh, yeah, that's the interesting thing about it is it's almost like, oh, you don't really know anything about Chernobyl. And when somebody says that, I first of all go Chernobyl, and then I say, yeah, you you feel like you do know a lot about it because it's such a touch point in history. And yet, no, there's hardly been anything said or done about it. And and it almost, you know, I'm just looking at one of the articles that are critical of it that's quite detailed and. In all those examples you gave and stuff, I, I think there's far more left out of uh, normal biographies and other true stories for the sake of drama. Um, for example, the female character, you know, she's boiled down, but they pointed that out. I heard that this guy researched out, yeah. like 10 years this writer spent researching this to try and get it right. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of don't have an issue. I, I prefer the fiction quite often, and as long as it's not changing the overall truth, which is... The Russians say that 30 people died 
in Chernobyl. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. Uh, and I was talking to a yeah, guy. No, I don't have an issue with um, creative license. I just no. want to make that clear. But um, like one of the articles I read talks about how um, in Japan and uh, I can't remember the other place, but um, uh, radiation sickness sufferers were treated like lepers. Mm. Mm. Uh, because of a mistaken belief about the the potential effects of passing it on, and so I think uh, that misrepresentation is potentially uh, dangerous. Well, apart from the fact that it's true that that's what they would have thought at the time, you know, the nurses would have been saying keep away. Um, and in fact, the film says the child was born and and it lived and it was absolutely fine. You know, so it's telling a story of what they will have done at that moment. So don't go anywhere near him. And, uh, no, the film doesn't say the child was born and lived. It says she subsequently had a child. And they took... No, it says she sub- she had a child and they said that it wouldn't last longer than a week or whatever and uh, it's fine. I'm pretty no, sure. Didn't that's it? not that's not the case. The baby was born and survived for four hours. Did it? Is that what yeah. it said? Yeah. I thought it was a happy ending with that one. No, they said she would never have kids again, but then she did. So. Oh, that's the one. There you go. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I am pretty sure that they that that stuff is the, definitely what they would have done at the time. And then, what do you want a caption on the screen that says this is not scientifically correct? I don't know. Okay. All right. Fine. Well, would you? How would you do it different? I mean, that's that's her story. Was the pain of not being able to of, of being shouted at for not touching her her dying husband? There's a shot in it where someone touches uh, someone else's skin and their hand burns. Ah, okay. And that wouldn't happen immediately after, like when someone's literally, you know, baking with radiation. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. From what I've read, no. Go uh, and uh, study you, nuclear physicism. Radioactive. Okay, fair enough. Um, Jamie, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say just talking about the overall. As I mean, I I don't have. I mean, there are inaccuracies, but I mean, I, I just took it as like, yeah, Chernobyl's like this touch point in our lives, and we all grew up with it, kind of as a you know a word or a. Mm. a or an event that we do knew very little about. And it was just really fascinating actually finding that. And there's so many more documentaries now on like Netflix and Amazon that are trying to catch on to the oh, Chernobyl really? <laughs> effect. It's really mm. funny. But um but yeah, very good. Very um, well. What's made. his name, Jared? I don't think it deserves to be top rated on IMDB, but I mean that's a different story. No, again, there's a bit of uh, you know, real life and real drama can um, bump things up quite away on the old ratings. But yeah. I think Jared, and it, what's it his won't name's be amazing. in a few months as well. It's like it's it's so weird to have that as your claim to fame about five minutes after something comes out, isn't yeah. it? Though, like really, you know, like everyone's well, going, oh, but you know, marketing. it's on IMDb. It's nine point seven. Um. But the scale that you're measuring on only goes up to 9.7. You need to get the proper measure out of the cupboard in the other building. Oh. Thanks. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Jared. Jared Thingy from Mad Men and this. Excellent. What a yeah. great actor. And that whole court speech that he does. It's is wonderful. Just, he delivers it so um, understatedly, which allows him to get through that amount of information. He's like the best teacher ever because he doesn't, he doesn't try and stress or drag you along. He just delivers it. And it's so well yeah, written. That's what I was saying in work the other day. It was like, I could listen to him talk about anything in yeah. there yeah, and have him explain complicated shit to me with that board and those things. It would be like, brilliant. I want, tell me about finance. Tell me about other mm. shit that I don't understand. Yeah. I'll understand it all. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's one of the problems I have with Brian Cox's stuff. Cause I love Brian Cox and I love what he's done. But um, when they make those programs, I find that he, it, it, almost because they've edited it together, I find that his voiceover is the same pace with the same careful explanatory tone throughout the entire hour. And as such, I begin to lose what he's saying, even though he's explaining it in the best way possible. Whereas what Jared did in that speech, he didn't stick with one tone. He would just give information and and there'd be a pause whenever he wanted you to swallow something and he'd speed up. So like, it was just so natural. It just tripped off his tongue. Uh, I can't imagine preparing for a speech like that and being able to learn a speech like that. Um, how long that must have taken? You've really got to well, understand You're not very it. talented, Howell. 
<laughs> I want Matt to deliver that speech that. next week. <laughs> <laughs> next time on the podcast, Matthew Wanless explains. Matthew Wanless does Jared Harris. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'll be great. No, I loved it. It was great. Very good. Very good. So, onwards, uh, email us, as ever. Did you, do you agree? Is anyone out there hate Chernobyl and just go, oh, what the hell? Oh, I know what I was going to say. I met a guy the other day who's uh, as smart as a nuclear physicist and is now retired but worked for an American company. And in the last few years of the job, uh, they started working with a Chinese company. And there was a really similar theme. I said to him, have you seen Chernobyl? He goes, no. Um, there was a really similar thing with the communist um, approach, which was... He said it's really strange because you would say to them, uh, was the test successful? And they'd say, um, yes, the test was successful. And then you'd ask for the details, and the test wasn't successful at all. But the projection of um, confidence and supremacy overrides anything to do with the details. (laughs) And it wasn't that it was impossible to work with them. It was just you don't – that they would class a failed test as successful. We have done it correctly, meaning – Yes, we completed the test, you know. Just really, really um, different mindset in terms of that ability to say anything that doesn't fundamentally feed into the theory that the country is better than everybody at everything. And anything that goes against that, for you better, you better look out. Look out! It's not like Britain, a bunch of cynical, whinging bastards. Mm. Um, bye. Mm. I feel like I've just put Matt and Jamie to sleep. It's good to be back. It's good That's to fine. be back. <laughs> Let's get Idle back. Sort of phase out there and uh, just start imagining what I might be eating in a short while. Well, here's what I would suggest uh, in the coming couple of weeks: is Matt and Jamie don't listen back to this episode. Listen back to the one that you did last week because um, it'll make some. I have listened back to it once. Oh, oh but, um, God, yeah. tuned out even then. He was on it and listened to it. God. Well, no, it's just, it's clearly one of those things where you've heard a couple of words in a sentence while you were doing something else and decided that was what was said. I knew, I knew that so. I had to bring a clip. I knew that I should bring a clip. I, it just couldn't be accepted that it was right. One. Because yeah. once again, the feminist is mansplained to by a bunch of misogynist pigs. Um, good night. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, that was a lovely parting shot there, Hal. That's great. (laughs) Hope you agree that the pace of this podcast has really rattled along tonight. Oh, God, 57 minutes. It's time to go. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.